What do you know about shadow hunters? I don't think I know anything about shadow hunters. What can you derive from, from the word shadow hunters? Uh, they live in the shadows and they hunt. Ooh, or maybe they hunt shadows. Sure. Like maybe they're just running shadows? around with a flashlight. <laughs> gotcha. Dispelled you. You're I not there gotcha. anymore. Reminds me of the video game Alan Wake. I have no idea what that is either. Well, I'm just now I'm just stunting on my pop culture knowledge and connections. But Alan sure. Wake is a video game made by, I don't know, somebody. And the whole idea is that you're an author and it's got a real um, John Carpenter into the Mouth of Madness vibe. Okay. And that like you are an author that goes to a town that you're kind of a Stephen King type author. And you go sure. to this town and like things are happening and some of the things are things that like you're you've written about and maybe you're okay. writing the story you're in okay sure but anyway if that's that's an interesting idea now what's the play mechanic because it's a video game right and the play mechanic is like you run around it's a third person shooter and you fight shadow beings and you have to weaken them with a flashlight before they are vulnerable to your bullets okay so that's kind of like All hunting right. shadows yeah it is well this shadow hunters is a show on freeform okay disney's network oh which it okay now I don't here's the, are here's, they getting rid of it now that they're going to have Disney Plus are here's they where get the rid of Freeform <laughs> the stunt I, I crash and burn on my stunt because isn't Freeform is ABC Family right or is I there still no an idea. ABC Family anyway it's their family network okay they have this show Shadow Hunters and they have canceled it okay um, there's a finale special I think coming up uh, or the, their final season's coming up actually okay but it's been canceled and that's um, you know that. That provides consternation for the for the fans of the show. Sure. And like a lot of fans of shows that are on the bubble or canceled in this day and age, uh, the fans have taken to Twitter and they have a um, hashtag Save Shadowhunters campaign. Okay. But All right. uh, Freeform, a.k.a. Disney, did something kind of interesting. What did they do? That incited their fan base. Uh, they have a um, show called Poppin' Knowledge, which is basically like, again, speaking of pop culture. Yeah. Who owns pop-up video oh, or whatever that it's not? Or is it back? Like I don't think it is. I feel like that is dead and gone. And yeah. I, I don't know why. I think more than ever, people would appreciate that sort I of thing. I agree. Especially because, I guess, well, it's the licensing, isn't it? Because nobody yeah. plays music videos. Yeah, you're right. And you'd need the licensing to play a music video on TV. Yes. So anyway, so what they do is they, they play old movies like Disney movies and then okay. they do a pop-up video type thing on it. Okay. Well, they were playing Toy Story. Okay. And there's a scene where uh, Andy, I spent so long since I've seen Toy Story, but he like shakes a magic eight ball. Sure. And uh, the answer comes up, don't count on it. And one of the, the pop a bubble that comes up when he's shaking the eight ball says, Will Freeform save Shadowhunters if I keep tweeting about it? Don't count, Don't count on, on it. it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess uh, guess whether people like that. No, I'm guessing they did not <laughs> like that. did not like that at no. all. Some going to the limits or the extent of saying, well, I was looking forward to Mary Poppins, but maybe I just won't be seeing that because... <laughs> Clearly, Disney and Freeform don't respect their fans. Oh, well, that's a little, I guess, a little upsetting from the fan point of view. Um, I don't think it's going to necessarily really hurt Disney that much. I think that lots of people are going to go see Mary Poppins. Even though the reviews are not not quite the magic. Oh, really? Yeah, you're going to need a spoonful of sugar for this one. Oh, boy. Okay, I had not heard that yet. Um, huh. 
All right. I still think people will go out and see it, but that's a little, it's uh, a little upsetting, I guess. Yeah. So. Hashtag spit spot. <laughs> spit spot. Stay, stay home. <laughs> I guess. Well, if you're a company with a fan base uh, and lots of properties, maybe just be a little more sensitive. That probably would be a good way to go. Not that I want you to know anything more. I'm not sending you to Mike Bergbiglia, but he does have a thing where he says, what I should have said was nothing. <laughs> and I think that they probably should have done the same thing. Yes, instead of upsetting fans even more. Well, I don't know anything about saying nothing. We got a lot to say. On the Just Enough Joe podcast, I'm your host Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And we are in. We are in for the holiday movie season, and it's just yes. going to be bang, bang, bang all the way down. Mm-hmm. We're going to review what we can and talk about what we can. Uh, we're not going to see everything, but we're going to see a lot. Yes. The things that sort of pertain to our interests. And so that to, uh, to that end, we'll be talking about Into the Spider-Verse today. That's right. Our review of Into the Spider-Verse and a discussion about... All the things that you see in it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that is very aware of its long history of the character. Yes. And so they are delivering to you quite a lot of content. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about the things you can see in there. And I thought we'd hit the news real fast and okay. try to try to get out of this one. Busy. Okay. <laughs> Holidays. Yes. Do you have all your shopping done? Uh, not even close. Oh, great. <laughs> How great. about you, Cal? Uh, me either. So <laughs> okay. it's good that we're going to keep this uh, somewhat short. <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, there is a lot of uh, a lot of movies like we talked about. Uh, Bumblebee has a ninety-seven percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Wow! Yeah, and people are saying that it is it's the Transformers movie <laughs> at this point. Five into this thing, I know it's the Transformers movie that we've always wanted. It only took ten years. Well, didn't you say that you were kind of interested in seeing this one? I am, yeah. Which uh, is saying something. We don't have it scheduled to talk about it on the show, but maybe we'll get a chance to stick it in um, in the next couple weeks before, yeah. or maybe after the first of the year, we can just kind of double back and sure. talk about Bumblebee. But I am, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things. Maybe it'll be kind of more like the TV show. Or... That's what I've heard. Yeah. Maybe it'll also be the recipient of uh, lowered expectations. <laughs> Sure. Because at this point, we're just like, we don't have very high expectations for these films. No, or for a John Cena film (laughs) in general. But yeah, (laughs) but it's got that uh, Haley Steinfeld, and uh, she's of course in uh, Into the Spider Verse as well. So uh, she's she's doing good. Yeah. Um, I liked True Grit. Yes. And I haven't heard her album. (laughs) I don't know anything about that's (laughs) okay her except uh, she was good in True Grit. Yes. Which, uh, well, that was a while ago now, huh? That was a while ago now, yeah. yeah. A couple years ago, for so sure. So anyway, uh, yeah, she's doing good. John Cena's doing good. Yep. And so are we. Let's talk yes. about the news. Well, we'll talk about a Spider-Man box office uh, a little later in the show when we talk okay. about Spider-Man. But sure. first we should talk about um, other box office successes or perhaps failures, uh, specifically Mortal Engines came out this weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't have a review for that either, simply because of time, but that is one that I want to see, despite the fact that it made $7.5 million this weekend against a $110 million budget. Yikes. That's uh, a big range there. That could be, I don't have any stats in front of me, but that could be uh, the biggest flop of the year. That, you know, that really says something. I feel like, I I know we're at the end of the year, but... There are there. I feel like there are a lot of films that came out this year, and some you know did not. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now that did not do as well as 
projected, but that's a huge detriment. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's going to make around $43 million worldwide okay. um, this weekend. I feel like the la- latest Jurassic World movie didn't do quite as well as projected, but it still did better than that, is what my gut is saying. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, they have their work. I don't know where they're at in terms of um, the threequel. Right. Which, I, you know, is, is going to come. Yeah. And uh, I guess Trevor O is back directing for it. So Okay. So the uh, changes. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that they're going to try to get ahead of it. Um, you know, it's it's different. You've got all the players. It's not like um, God knows what they're going to do for um, episode nine. For Star Wars. Although you have to imagine that even though they stood by, <laughs> somehow we find ourselves talking about Last Jedi again. Yeah. Uh, even though they kind of stood by what was delivered, they have to be aware of people's dissatisfaction. Yes. And that's going to change I'd imagine some things that happened, but I I kind of hope so. Um, maybe not. And I, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it now. But like, I don't know how they're going to reconcile Princess Leia, not actually being alive anymore. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> and it's like, why did you guys have to kill off um, Skywalker in the last one? Like, I wish they had not done that because that felt that felt kind of like last minute and like oh and he's gonna you know project himself at this one place and it's gonna use up all of his strength and he's gonna just disappear well i think that was always the plan i guess i just think that it's not a great plan it's not a great plan sometimes you have an idea and you go well this is how it'll happen or i want this specifically to happen well how mm-hmm. do we get there I'll just kind of just kind of figure some stuff out and i know we'll just get there and it's like well maybe you could allow the story to change and develop based on you always hear that and i mean i'm not i've written some stuff but like author like real deal authors will sometimes tell you that the characters just take you someplace sure you know, it's like yeah. i wanted to do this mm-hmm. but all oh, this character you just had to do this right and i don't have any names for you so i don't know if those turn out to be good <laughs> books or bad right books. but you can always tell when in a movie they've got some kind of set piece or some kind of story contrivance and you're like, how did we get everybody here to yeah. make sure that happens? Yeah. Preview of my Spider-Man review, oh. uh, but we're not there just yet. <laughs> so anyway, um, God bless the makers of the Hobbit films and the yeah, Lord of the Rings. I know. It seems we've got a real uh, Wachowski situation here. Yeah. Where it's like, what happened? It looks really bad. It was always a long shot, though. I don't think that this is quite as popular as people thought it was. Yeah, I I don't think so either, and I I gotta be honest. Which is with weird because the Maze Runner, I feel like you know, eked out four movies. Yeah, and nobody's complaining about them not making money; they're doing no. fine. So, I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I know that people know Mortal Engines and have read it. I had no idea what it was, and I saw a trailer for it, and it was like. I don't know what's going on, you know, and it's supposed to incite excitement in me, but it's like, I, I seriously have no idea what this movie is about. Yeah. How how are people it's who... It's about cities that are on wheels. Right. What's the problem? But like, <laughs> I, I just like wonder, like, they must have thought they were exciting people who haven't seen the, or haven't read the books to come see it. Well, it's goofy but... for sure. It's a very Doctor Who kind of plot. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that I'm sure it's fine in a book, but it really begs to be on screen, right? Yeah. But then they put it on screen and people are like, what is this? Right. So, I don't know. You know what? I want to see it. You do? Yeah. I'm not going to make any promise promises, but uh, yeah, maybe a a talk about Mortal 
engines, instruments, whatever it's called. <laughs> his his dark mortal materials. Right, right. <laughs> We're just going to combine a bunch of books here. Coming up on the show. Uh, yeah. Good news at the box office. Aquaman, of course, is out overseas, so to speak. Oh, okay. And it is uh, kicking ass. It's okay. made a, a $261 million overseas. Woo! Um, That's $189 million of that in China. Okay. So Chinese are coming out. For Aquaman. Yeah, not for Crazy Rich Asians, but for Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Or or Immortal Engines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, Aquaman comes out here next week. Um. Hoping it's a good film. Remains to be seen. It's. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do we pre-review it? I think it. I don't think we do. I think it. I hope I like it. It looks like the kind of film that would make two hundred million dollars in China. Which is, I think, we're just going to see blockbusters become this more and more. These huge, brightly lit. Yeah. It's so dense. I know. <laughs> you know. It kind uh, of reminds me of like Valerian. It like kind of looks. Like yeah. That. And again, no figures. Uh, Valerian probably did okay in China. It probably did. But supposedly Chinese people don't. They don't really care about star wars stuff yeah you know, they, they don't like star wars yeah so i don't know they like marvel i, I started though. the show they talking must. about or well, in, in yeah. dc i guess i started the show talking about how much i knew about uh pop culture and i don't know those numbers <laughs> but i'm gonna say it probably did okay yeah but not so. wasn't a blockbuster yeah so that's what you're looking for uh who's speaking of looking for things yes i was like, I'm good at this uh kanye west is looking for hideo kojima Oh boy! <laughs> I think this this if, could go this could go somewhere awesome, or it could go somewhere very bad. It's it's like real life Super Smash Brothers. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> Super Smash Brothers is just a bunch of different characters from different video games, and like why are why is Peach fighting uh, Dante from Devil May Cry or whatever? Right. And the answer is oh, it's game. Right. It's Smash Brothers. Right. Uh, yeah, so apparently Kanye West found out that Hideo Kojima was spending some time in New York this weekend, and he okay. basically just did, oh, sure, when I do it, it's pandering, but when Kanye West just screams into the void, I want to talk to somebody, that's fine. <laughs> but he basically said, like, what's up, Hideo Kojima, heard you're in town, want to talk to you. Whoa. <laughs> Is he, like, a huge Metal Gear Solid fan? Like, what's going on? Um, ironically, probably no, because he does a lot of crazy things. A lot of crazy things happen in Metal Gear Solid, but I seriously doubt that he's... He's a huge fan of yeah, that. come on. But, okay, so why do you think, just purely speculation at this point, why do you think he wants to talk to Kojima-san? Well, here's why. He released a video game, first time hearing about it, uh-huh. in 2016. Kanye West did. Oh, uh, or there's a trailer, at least, and it's an iPhone game called Only One, and it's uh, it follows uh, Kanye West's mother's journey uh, as she ascends through heaven. Wow, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Like that seems like something deeply personal to him. Yeah, that sounds like and, art therapy to y- me. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I I'm, are are people clamoring to play this game? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. It's still being developed. Okay. And I don't really know anything about it. Okay. Uh, so people think that it's possible that he wants to connect with him for that reason. Okay. And of course, Kojima, who is um, 
well, it still feels like recently, but I guess it's not recently anymore. Uh, departed from Konami uh, over two years ago now oh, uh, after the yeah. uh, completion of Metal Gear 5 is working on a new game called Death Stranding, which if Kanye West was a game, yeah. it would be Death Stranding. <laughs> Only there'd be a black person in it. You know, it's right. Instead, we've got uh, Norman Reedus and Leia Sadu and Mads Mikkelsen. OK. But as far as like b- babies inside your mouth and there's radar dishes and invisible wow. mud <laughs> and Lindsay Wagner. I'm wow. So yeah. Um, so uh, people are speculating that he uh, wants to collaborate or has some kind of idea, which I got to say, I don't hate it. Yeah. And uh, the game awards producer, Jeff Knightley uh, or sorry, uh, Kaylee um, has apparently um, tried to reach out to both of them to try to make it happen. So, Oh really? Yeah. Like, let me help you both out here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see this happen. Okay. Let's do this. All right. So, yeah, that's what's going on with that. Best Good of luck. luck to them. Best of luck. <laughs> I think the theme of Kanye's mother <laughs> on some kind of paradiso sort of journey through heaven. Uh, yeah. That, I think Hideo Kojima would be into that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're in a giant robot or two. Sure. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. All right. We've got some casting news from the DC side of the universe. The DC Universe uh, streaming service, specifically. Okay. Uh, Joel McHale has been cast as Starman. Tell me who Starman is again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Starman is a legacy hero uh, of DC Comics. Okay. And he's got different incarnations, but he generally has a... Um, He's got a like a magic rod or, or something like that, or sometimes it's a technological rod. Okay. And so he flies around and does, you know, he's a hero. He's in Star City or, or something like that. Okay. Are they going to play like David Bowie while the show goes on at all? <sighs> what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. Uh, he's probably best known, um, the version of the character called Jack Knight. He's uh, created by James Robinson. Um, he's got this cosmic staff, and he, um, you know, he's the son of like the Golden Age Starman or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's like a technical techno hero, but there's also like some sort of cosmic and magic things kind of crossed into it. Okay. And he does, and it's you know the the '90s version of the character was developed, uh, you know, in, in '90s DC Comics. So there. Sure. Not exactly Vertigo, but like Vertigo-esque, goofy stuff, existential villains, you know, a real sort of weird kind of thing. So I don't know if that's, okay. they're going to continue that, but, and this will be, um, this will be a part of the Stargirl show. Oh, part of the Stargirl show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. How is he, I mean, he's Starman, she's Stargirl. How are they related? Oh boy, that's a good question. Okay. I'm a little, I don't know my DC quite well enough. I know that Star Girl was the incarnation that came after uh, the 90s Star Man. Okay. And she has the cosmic rod. And then she, her uncle Rusty is uh, Stripe. Like he's a pilot of a big robot. You've seen him on the JLU cartoon. Oh, okay. Star Girl and, and Stripe. Star okay. and Stripe. All right. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Lou Ferrigno Jr. Whoa. Has been cast as Our Man. Who's our man? Oh, man. So, 
again, Legacy Hero. Yeah. Golden Age, yeah. JSA. Yeah. He takes uh, the miracle formula or something like that, and he gains like all these incredible powers for one hour. Okay. Um, kind of reminds me of what's his name from Doom Patrol, who can only be out for sixty seconds before he dies. Yeah, there were a lot of hooks like that in Golden yeah. Age comics. We yeah. need, it's we can't just run around and be right. Superman all the time. Exactly. Mm. Gotta have limitations. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I know, right? Or you have to be Clark Kent. Right. And that bitch Lois is always trying to figure out your secret identity. <laughs> you just throw it under the sun. Oh, man. Uh, and so that's Lou Ferrigno Jr., so I guess that's uh, 55%. He's given 55%. <laughs> because his dad gives 110? Well, we don't know how much the wife is giving. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be at least 55%. Uh, we, we kid, but uh, our best wishes go out to Lou Ferrigno, who was in the hospital recently. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was. Um, it's nothing that serious, but he had some kind of um, injury, and but he was tweeting that he's doing okay, so hopefully okay. he's doing fine still. Okay, yeah. And one more DC casting uh, item, uh, Ian Ziering. Remember him? No. Wait, how does it, isn't that how it goes? I don't know. No. I feel like I should know this. Oh. 90210? Or any of those, right? I don't know. I tried to do the what's happening theme the other day, and I, I had it wrong. Oh, no. I had it very wrong. Oh, no. Uh, yes, he's been cast as Blue Devil. I'm ready. Who's Blue Devil? Oh, God. Blue Devil is uh, Daniel Cassidy, I think his name is. He was a teen titan or a titan. He was a Hollywood stuntman who got hit with some stuff. Okay. And uh, he was wearing a devil costume when it happened. And he somehow became like a devil. So he is oh. looks like a de- he looks like his Hellboy, basically. It look, looks okay. like a devil. Uh, but only he's blue. Right. Uh, good name. And uh, he's got, you know, devil powers. Okay. All righty then. And he will be part of the Swamp Thing show. Oh, okay. As far as I know, not really a... I don't think he's like a... Maybe in some ways he's a Swamp Thing character, but like not primarily associated with Swamp Thing. I could be wrong. Huh. Well, they could just be looking to add to the roster of characters. Getting a real workout. Yeah, exactly. Knowledge. Do you think Constantine will be in Swamp Thing? Of course. Okay. Matt Ryan's chomping okay. at the bit, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Being positive... Uh, you've seen the Downton Abbey trailer. I have. What do you think? Uh, there's not a lot to tell from it. <laughs> it just looks like it's how many years later. And I mean, we don't really get to see any of the characters at all. We see the bell ringing and like people running, but we don't see anybody's face or anything. So. They've already. So how old can everybody be? Because we got through. I know. Matthew went to World War One. Mm hmm. And so Mary would be conservatively in her mid-30s in 1920 or 1918, right? Yeah. At the end of the war. Because mm-hmm. Matthew comes back, spoilers, I guess, dies in a car wreck. Right. And I'm, I don't remember when the show finishes up. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know they're like kind of squarely in the, I feel like they're squarely in the 20s yeah. or they're, they're in the late 20s or something sure. like that. So there was a lot of like flapper-esque dresses. And sure. Stuff. So... And then we can also put it at there because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff's going to go on. And yeah. right before. So you think movie, let's do World War Two. Right. Right. But that's going to like Mary's going to be 
pushing 50. Right. <laughs> I don't know if they want to do that. Yeah. I've seen a promotional picture and it's um, there's a little kid. Little kid. A little kid. So I don't know if this is her kids she already has or if this right. is uh, you know, a her, new kid. Her new kid from or Matthew husband, Good. Race yeah. car driver guy. Yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is you can get into the abdication and the whole Wallace Simpson thing. You can get into the rise. Of, you don't want to yeah. comment on stuff. You can get into the rise of fascism and that sort of thing. This and is a, true. And Chamberlain appeasing people if you want to do history stuff. Right. But my question is, can people get their own freaking tea at this point? <laughs> yes. When but does do the they servant? Want to? What's the true end of the servant class? Because this whole thing is set up. Julian Fellows came up with this thing. That's his name, right? I think so. As like you know, it's, it's in the twilight of the sort of master servant sort of right. dialectic yes and uh you know get your own tea yeah i know the microwave i know <laughs> heat it up <laughs> That's what I'm saying. so anyway we'll see um we'll definitely be covering that when yes. it comes out uh did we already talk about netflix uh cowboy beep bop Yes. I think we mentioned it, yes. Uh, I saw in a post from uh, that hashtag show that they got their hands on a character breakdown. Okay. And I won't go through the whole thing. Okay. But it is, um, it's positive. Okay. That's um, good. Their character breakdowns on their sort of casting sheet mm-hmm. uh, are great sort of one paragraph summaries of the characters. Okay. That's good to know. They're not looking to, also, he's got a funny... T- the dog that follows him around. Yeah, they already I have know. a funny dog. Yeah, um, they haven't really changed anything. It looks like um, That's they're looking good. for a Asian or partially Asian man for Spike Spiegel, uh, also sure. Asian or mixed heritage woman for Faye Valentine, um, black or partially black guy for Jet Black. Okay. Um, pretty much any ethnicity for Ed, uh, Vicious, Julia. So they are. They're not going to whitewash this thing. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I mean. They're also doing a Ghost in the Shell yeah. <laughs> animated show. I, yeah. It's animated. But yeah. Yeah. So I think they have learned the lesson of the... Um, of Death Note? The Death Note lesson? The Death Note lesson? I was going to say the uh, Ghost in the Shell 2017 lesson. But okay. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> little little column A, little column B. Yeah. And if the A is Asian and the B is black. Right. People don't want you messing with their stuff too much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of messing with stuff and um, also discriminating against people, uh, Lucretia Martell is a name that you probably would not know. No, I do If not I know. just dropped that like I just did. Uh, <laughs> she was one of the uh, directors who, she's an Arch- Argentinian director okay. who directed a movie called Zama. It was a comedy. All right. And it uh, was, you know, highly regarded. And she interviewed or was approached to direct the Black Widow film. Okay. Uh, which she turned it down or something? Well, yes and no. Um, Ultimately, Marvel hired uh, Kate Shortland, uh, director of Lore. She's an Australian director. Okay. But they talked to over 65 female filmmakers. Well, that's promising. Yes. And they said in their meeting with her, she revealed this in an interview, that they really wanted to focus on the character of Scarlett Johansson, her her character of Natasha Romanoff. Sure. To the point where they were offering to take care of the action scenes if she didn't feel up for it. What does that mean? What does that that mean, take care of? That that they would get somebody to, to direct the action. I think I saw this somewhere, and that's really insulting. Like... Why do you think that a woman can direct, but she can't direct action? Yeah. Lexi Alexander just punched <laughs> her Uber driver. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's 
that's kind of upsetting that that happened. It um, is, but if I may, yeah, for just one moment, mm-hmm. put on the. Should, shouldn't the devil's advocate have a fedora? <laughs> yes, put probably. on the devil's advocate fedora. Uh-huh. Maybe that's our title. Sure. And uh, it de- so they want to concentrate on the character. So they want it to be character driven, which is a, great, which is really yes. good. They realize that they have put this off for a long time. Yes, they've got it. They could easily just have her go. Well, boys, we're gonna do it again, and then they're fighting and spies and shooting or something like that. But right. even when she got the most character play, let's forget that Ultron ever happened uh, in Winter Soldier. We all we saw was we basically looked into this pool and went, "This pool's deep," mm-hmm. but we didn't really go in the pool. No, that's true. So I like the fact that they uh, see the value in the character and see the value in developing the character. Yes. And it's possible that that's so important to them that they didn't go out and hire Justin Lin. They got a female director mm-hmm. who had created a character-based you know, comedy movie. Yes. And they really wanted to get that part right to the point where they're like, we got a million people that can do action stuff. We want you to get this right. The character part right. Now, it was sort of dismissive and sexist of them to assume that she couldn't just do both. Yes. I would agree with that. So, yeah, I see. But I'm just saying, like, you look at, um, I don't know, Joss Whedon, right? Mm -hmm. He directs all the action and all the character beats and writes the script. And he almost killed himself (laughs) making Ultron. Yeah. The Russos are great. They can do both of those things. Yes, they can. But there's two of them. Yes. Or you look at the Wachowskis. Like, those guys write these scripts that involve all these philosophical and religious concepts. And then, sorry, those guys. I see what I did. Sorry. I am talking about them in the past of making the right. <laughs> making the Matrix. But let's just say the Wachowski siblings. Yes. Get out there and they're you know, the stunt guys are like, What are we doing? The, we'll show you. And they get out there and they're sliding on the floor and pointing fake guns at each other and they're like directing the action. But right. again, there's like two of them. So Yes. This I, is true. I guess I can understand. I don't like it, but I guess it doesn't mean that they're the worst company ever. No, it doesn't. It's just They're not a company that would say mock the Twitter fans of a show that they're canceling. Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Um, not not good. <laughs> Outlook does not look good. <laughs> yeah, shaking the eight ball right now. Ask again later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got some more casting news for The Mandalorian. Okay. The upcoming uh, Disney Plus show sure. featuring The Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Uh, Pascal has been confirmed as the title character, and the show yep. is adding Giancarlo Esposito. I feel like I know that name. Uh, he's uh, Los Pollos Hermanos, the chicken man. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Werner Herzog. I know that name, too. Like, What do you mean you know that name? No, uh, no one should ever hear her say that she does not know my name. No one should. No one should hear it. I don't. I don't. The director. Oh. Film okay. director, documentarian, and sometimes actor. Oh, I didn't realize he was a sometimes actor. Tries to convince convince Jerry to give up his penis to save the life of shrimpy peoples on Rick and Morty. Oh. <laughs> the human is obsessed with his penis. <laughs> Well, forget all that crap, because we got a stew going. Carl Weathers is going to be in this show. What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's uh, that's amazing. I don't... There's Yes, and why not? Why, exactly. This is going to sound not? horrible, but I didn't know he was like doing stuff still. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but then I thought about it, and it's like, why isn't he doing stuff? 
Yeah, I don't know. There's no good reason. If Liam Neeson can hobble around and like punch people, like yeah. we can get Carl Weathers up on a fence with yeah. 13 takes, jumping Absolutely. over it. Let's do an Action Jackson remake. Yeah. And he's like Jackson's dad, or there's another Jackson, and he's like going to tell this Jackson what it is. <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be awesome. Anyway, I just want to hear words like Mandalorian and uh, Kyber Crystal come out of like <laughs> Carl Weathers' <laughs> mouth, you know? Yes. Yes, that would be excellent. Just can't wait. <laughs> so that's good news. Uh, looks like Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson will be back for Doctor Strange 2. Okay. I hope that nobody criticizes him because he is just going to snap. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a thing recently where... You know that we're in a war, or apparently there is a war on uh, films from film critics, or okay. there's a war on film criticism. I'm not sure which side which it is. is fighting who, okay. but people were complaining about something, and then he got involved, and it has nothing to do with... And then he basically, like, people insulted him, and then he went on a long rant about how film criticism is broken, and I'm like, Scott, Scotty boy, you're not talking to film critics, you're talking to trolls. Yeah, that's the, that's absolutely true. Film that's critics... A distinct... Don't go Jordan vote Roberts on us. Yeah. Film critics might not like what you do, but they're going to be respectful. You're not talking to film critics. You're talking to shitbags on the internet. Right. And I. Right. You should know the difference. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You really should. Yeah. There, I don't there think is Sanders a distinct is difference. <laughs> <laughs> at me. At me, bro. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, the big news is that, uh, guess what? what? Women-led uh, movies outperform male-led movies at the box office. I saw this article somewhere. Says a study. I didn't, I didn't actually get a chance to read it, but... Oh, want me to try to shoot it out for you fast? Sure. They studied... Uh, this is a company uh, called um, Shift7. Uh, okay. It is a creative artists agency and technology company. Uh, the group is led by uh, Amy Pascal, so take that uh, for mm. what you want. Okay. But they studied films from 2014 to 2017. Okay. Which, again, small sample size. It is a small sample size. But what are we talking size. about? Yeah. We don't care who was in It Happened One Night. Right. We're talking about current trends. Right. And yeah, the current trends say that the female-led films outperform the male ones at all levels. Okay. Blockbuster, mid, mid-size mid film, independent film. Okay. And they analyzed 350 top-grossing films. Okay. Uh, released between 2014-2017. Um, uh, and they had the under 10 million budget category, 10 to 30, 30 to 50, and 50 to 100. And then also, you know, super blockbuster over 100 million sure. things. And at each level, the female-led ones uh, outperformed the male-led ones? That is correct. Okay. Female-led uh, films, the women had to be the lead actor. They had okay. to be, you know, above the title. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Um. I find that a little surprising just because I don't think there are as many of them. Um, but I guess that's a good statistic to yeah. make. Well, that's I mean, they're just looking. They're. I don't think they're looking at total box office divided by blue and pink on a pie chart. They're just saying right. what was the top in every category. And it okay. was a female film. They also noted, um, so all those films together uh, surpassed $100 billion. And each of the okay. films that they cited passed the Bechdel test. Well, that's cool. So, Jamie and Caitlin, job's done. You can just wrap it up. Just <laughs> wrap it up. Turn off the lights on your way out. Oh, my goodness. No, don't do that. Wow. Um, well, then, I mean, that is a positive thing. I didn't see Red Sparrow, but I'm guessing <laughs> that was one of the ones that they included. 
<laughs> Actually, that was why? 2018, wasn't why? it? <laughs> why did you immediately go to Red Sparrow? I don't know. It was like one of the only ones I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's 2018. That paragon of female representation. And Peppermint is 2018 also. <laughs> so so for, so the subtitle here for the cheap seats what you're doing is you're you're going back through the past 3 years. Yeah. And trying to find female-led films. Yes. Because you don't feel like you've seen a lot. Yes. But you're coming up with films from this year. Yes. That were bad. Yes. And probably not great examples. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, so, that's exactly where we're at. So the Alien Covenant? Would oh, that do I you at all? Suppose, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, What about Girls Trip? Oh, God. I don't even remember hearing about that, but sure. <laughs> really? Yeah. Don't, don't worry, folks. Hey! It's a work in progress. Hey! Uh, Wonder Woman, of course. Well, Wonder Woman, yeah, for sure. Um, Leslie Shaw made a lot of money. Yeah, okay. Didn't it? Um, in my mind. I think so. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other films. I mean, like, like the what, Fifty Shades of Grey films, for sure, are probably <laughs> yeah, included. That's true. Yeah. It does she have top billing? I don't know if she does or not. I if feel she like doesn't, she should. Yeah. That's like the condition for doing it, period, and then doing yeah. two more and hating every second of your life. Right. But it better say um whatever her name is on the top. Yeah, I know. Here's somebody else's name I don't remember. Um this is all gonna change, of course, once Downton Abbey comes out and it's yeah. got what's her name on top? Oh my god, my the bones. actress who plays Mary? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My bones, British, British woman, British yeah. girl, <laughs> Mick British girl. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, that or the dog will be on top. Oh my gosh, I hope not. Isis two. Isis two. Are we sure it's just two? It could be or, three at this point. Or maybe it's Osiris. Oh man, comes back from the dead. <laughs> Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Don't get your web twisted. The '60s Spider-Man show is not very good. You don't think so? <laughs> no, man. Have you seen it? No, it's I not, don't think I have. It's not, it doesn't really hold up. Okay. That theme song does, though. Okay. It's. I love the the. It's a series of questions that are being answered, both asked and answered, by an excited choir of people. <laughs> so you know it's. I like the, does he, you know, can he swing from a web? Right. Question mark. Take a look overhead. Like they're admonishing their sel- themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the call and the answer. Wealth yeah. and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a multiple personality singers, the MPSs. Yes. Well, if one Spider-Man is fun, then a million must be a million times as fun. And that yes. is the uh, driving creative fo- idea behind Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which I've, I don't, you don't, it's Spider-Man colon something. That's pretty typical. Yes. I think I've just heard it called into the Spider-Verse because that's too many spider words in a, in a spider title. It is spider, spider, rather spider. wordy. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, it is a computer animated film. Directed by a bunch of people you don't know. doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's uh, produced by, uh, of course, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys behind right. 
Clone High. Yeah. You said right. Did you think I was going to say Clone High? I did not think that was the first thing you were going to go to. There's but... an Easter egg, and there are many Easter eggs in this film. But one of the Easter eggs, uh, when they all the characters sort of pop out in Times Square and they tell their stories over and over again, and I'm like, didn't they all run into each other? Right. <laughs> did if they all popped out in the same place? You would think they would have run. Wouldn't into they all each sense other? each other, and then we'd be off to the races? But anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's how those first three or the other three got together, I guess. Okay. Uh, but there is a, a lot of billboards in Times Square. We'll get right into it. We'll just start with the Easter eggs. There's a Seth Rogen movie. Uh, Man. There is a uh, Broadway show, Hi, Hello. Oh, my God. Which, is it, Oh, Hello is trademarked, I guess, huh? <laughs> which, of course, stars uh, Nick uh, Mullaney, who's, uh, uh, his, or John Mulaney, who's uh, voices Spider-Ham. Yes. Uh, and then there's a Clone College poster showing Abe oh. and uh, and Gandhi. Okay. So it's a, a, it's a hypothetical sequel to Clone High. Where okay. They, and it looks like uh, Gandhi's got a flat top. It looks like uh, the house party, the house party poster. So. <laughs> nice. Wow. I a, want that. Yeah, I'm sure you do. With the success of the Lego films, Lego Batman, all the Lego, this guy's a Lego, the other guy's a Lego. Right. Um, not solo, but they got out just in time on that one. Yeah, they did. <laughs> like, shouldn't we be mining their material for stuff? Yeah. So where's Absolutely. the Clone High reboot? Come on. Yeah. I, a lot of, there are a lot of things that are rebooting, so why not that? I think... I don't see a problem with it. So, uh, especially with their cachet these days, yeah. you know. I want um, a, a Rope of Sand uh, smoking raisins musical. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. No one has any idea what I'm talking no. about. No. <laughs> We're going to move on. It wasn't written by Miller, though. Uh, no. Stories by Lord and uh, screenplays by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Yes. And it stars. Oh, boy. Let me just read out who it stars, because okay. it's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Uh, Shameik Moore is stars as um, Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. Yeah. Jake Johnson plays Peter Parker. Haley, Haley Stenfield, excuse me, get her name right, uh, plays Gwen Stacy. Uh, Ma- Maharshala Ali, I got it right that time. Nice. I think. Uh, plays uh, his uh, uh, Miles's uncle. Aaron. Uh, Aaron Davis. Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Yep. Brian Tyree Henry, who was a paperboy on Atlanta. Plays Miles's dad. Okay. Uh, Lily Tomlin plays Aunt May. Uh, John Mulaney is Spider Ham. Nicholas Cage is Spider Noir. Yes. <laughs> Lee Schreiber appears as the Kingpin. And man, who am I forgetting? Uh... Here's somebody who doesn't get um, billing. I don't think okay. that she is uh, on the poster, but she should be. Catherine Hahn. Yes. That's as Octavia. Uh, Octavius. Yes. Which is that's a lot of. She's. Like live That's a lot of Octavia. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, live for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I, it's your job. Tell me what happens in Into the Spider Verse. Okay. Oh boy. Um, Miles Morales is like kind of like an everyday kid. Um, an everyday kid. Um, he's he's a kid in New York. He lives in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, his dad is a cop. His mom. Works in the health industry. I don't know if she's a nurse or a doctor. It's not really made clear. Anyways, he goes to this like kind of like prep school where he stays overnight for the week. Um, and he's been doing it for just two weeks and he doesn't really like it that much. So he's trying to get kicked out. Um, he loves doing art, specifically um, 
uh, like spray painting stuff, like tagging things. Sure. Um, and his uncle is actually really supportive of this. And so one night, his uncle takes him to this place. It has a great wall, and it's kind of down by the subway station, and it's just kind of like this abandoned area. And together they create um, this pretty awesome tag, um, and Miles is pretty uh, proud of it. And while they're doing it, there's this spider that has the number 42 on it for some reason, um, is kind of walking around and he's all over. And right before they leave, he bites Miles and Miles like just kind of like swats at it. Uh, so basically the next the next bulk of the film is about uh, Miles kind of coming to terms with the fact that he has the he has new superpowers and he kind of comes to this conclusion by reading a Spider-Man comic where like everything that's happening to him has already happened to Spider-Man aka Peter Parker. Convenient. Yeah. Um so he's totally freaked out and he doesn't know who to talk to and he goes back to where he tagged the wall and somehow gets involved like Spider-Man is fighting Kingpin and like he sees him and like Spider-Man is like, "Whoa, you're like me cuz Spidey sense." And he's like, I'm going to help you. Uh, but first, I got to do this thing. Um, so things happen. Um, Peter Parker, in our universe as we know him, dies. Um, but well, but there's this yeah. machine mm. that opens. Yeah. What? Yeah. Eh, what? Well, it, it depends on what you consider to be our universe. Okay. So the movie doesn't belabor this too hard, and I think that's good for a general audience, but it does basically use the idea of the Marvel multiverse right. to tell this story. And so it doesn't matter for us sitting in the theater, but technically we, we are not in our universe. Okay. This is the ultimate universe that the movie starts in. Okay, sure. Which is why there is a Peter Parker and also a Miles Morales. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, there's this machine that is used, um, and, uh, it opens up the multiverse. So all these other spider men and women, animals, what have you, um, come from other spider verses into Miles Morales's Brooklyn. Right. Um, and this is happening mainly because the Kingpin lost his wife and child and he has not been able to deal with that loss and he wants them back so he wants them back in any form he can have them yeah um which is why the multiverse is opened in the first place yeah so um i think we had got right to spoilers gotta go right to spoilers all right so say whether you like the film or not and then we'll talk spoilers okay um my my gut reaction from when just seeing the film was i liked it um I, uh, you know, I was really excited to see all these different spider people interacting with each other. I was especially excited to see uh, Spider-Gwen on the big screen Um, because I'm a huge fan of Spider-Gwen. But, you know, thinking about it more, it's maybe not as, as good as I initially, like, felt it was. I still enjoyed it. Um, I think I would still say I recommend seeing it. Uh, I think that uh, the you know the, the visuals are amazing. Yeah. 
Um, I like the um, how it feels like a comic book. I love and that too. And when you say that yeah. about a film, it's you get shades of like Angley's Hulk or whatever, and you're like, oh boy. But they really <laughs> do some like good like okay. So they have those like Marvel motion comics, which you know they sure. take an episode of Black Panther or something like that, and they go we must protect Wakanda and it's you know just like still panels but you kind of whack or if you read a comic on comicsology and you go to the dynamic view where it sort of does the panel by panel for you right it's like there's something here but I don't need a comic to be a movie right I want to read a comic mm-hmm. but I get that they are closely related art forms yes this is like the best cinematic version of that like it uses uh conventions of comics but still delivers like a kinetic story and the it's not just a Pixar, you know, everything is sort of like looks like a toy. Right. Um, they use the um, the sort of uh, dots, uh, you know, overlay and stuff like yeah. that. And things have textures and the process that they want to patent the process that they've used because they know that they've got something here mm-hmm. and they don't want anybody else to use it, which I think yeah. is a good idea. Yeah. So just for that, I think the movie is worth seeing. I think the story is very weak in an afterthought. And um, we'll talk about that a little more when we get into spoilers. But yeah, I would give it a solid B. If you're you're gonna see it, <laughs> you're gonna see it. Yeah. Uh, and it's got an A plus cinema score, so everybody loves it. I'm the only person who doesn't unequivocally love it, but I still like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is definitely probably going to signal the beginning of a whole animated Spider Verse for Sony. Yeah. Um, the one good idea that Amy Pascal ever had, <laughs> uh, other than get kevin feige's help for this right tom holland movie yes uh so yeah yeah go check it out okay spoilers yep kingpin the spoiler zone great example of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show which was we've got something how do we get there they yeah. decided on their own mm-hmm. that the original villain of the spider-verse uh crossover morland uh who is an interdimensional vampire was too much too much. Okay. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. So instead, they substituted Kingpin, uh, right. who you know is associated with Daredevil now, but began as a Spider-Man villain. And I did love the design of Kingpin in the film. They were clearly going yes. off of the um, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, uh look from um, Love and War. Okay. Which is a, a Daredevil um, a comic book. Okay. Um, he's like a giant square with a tiny He's just head. a square with a head stuck somewhere in the yes. middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm trying to pull him up here. Sure. Very, uh, very imposing. It actually comes up as a uh, suggested Google search. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. This is like the picture here. Okay. You don't even know that you're looking at a person, do you? <laughs> no, it just looks like shapes. This is his, his, his yeah. arms. <laughs> this is his vest. That's his head in the middle there, see? Okay. Yeah. So they're definitely going for, for that sort of thing. Um, actually, um, Jim artist Jim Mahfoud, uh, oh, sure. a guest on the show, mm-hmm. uh, follow him on Twitter, and he was um, pointing that same thing out. I guess he was working on some designs for like a, a Kingpin comic, and he was drawing on Sienkiewicz stuff, and he's like, oh, yeah, I noticed this in the movie. So that's definitely what they're going for. And so as the bad guy, he needs a motivation. What's his motivation? Why does he want to do this? He wants to reach into other worlds to yeah. get a version of his wife and son who aren't dead. Yes. How did they die? Well, they got scared and they drove away and they got hit by a car. Yes. Which and is so lame. It's just so lame. It's so random. Yeah. It's just like we need him to be dead. Why not have them 
and it's sort of like um, it's kind of how uh, Matt gets his powers in this shitty uh, 2003 Daredevil Hi, movie. They yeah. see Wilson Fisk doing something bad. How do they not know that he's not? He's, he's the been bad of crime? for yeah. this whole time. So they're like, no. And while they're running away, they just become completely reckless and they get wrecked. Yes. Dumb. It is dumb. Why? I guess that's the consequence of his action. Why not have like one of his villains or the peop- enemies that he's made like Kill off them. them? Yeah. You know, maybe you can't because there's a joke in this film at the very beginning about how it's approved by the Comics Code Authority. Yes. And I haven't gone through bit by bit, but I bet there's some stuff in there that is not approved by the Comics Authority. Well, you even <laughs> said something about a certain Biggie lyric that should not have been included with this animated <laughs> kids film. Don't get me off track. Okay. This I don't I'm so what do you think of the soundtrack of this film? It's funky. Uh it's it's funky. I liked it. I mean, I liked the song that Miles like kept going back oh, to. Oh yeah, the one that he like sings to himself, which yes. is a whole other thing. And the the one he sings to himself to make himself relax. I'm so <laughs> white and lame that I can't tell if something is really like I listen to like Black Panther soundtrack and I'm like I know that Kendrick Lamar like, you know, yes. organized it or worked on it or whatever and it's like, "All right, yeah, this seems pretty you know, got the sign off right from a talented like black producer. <laughs> yeah. When don't get me wrong, I liked it. It sounds cool. When Miles hits the street and it's like meow, uh, meow, uh, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, I'm like, uh, we're doing Biggie Smalls. Yeah, That's I what know. we're doing. I know. I mean, it's, it's a great song. Favorite of all guys that white guys that went to college in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no fantastic voyage. Aw. Um, Coolio was in Daredevil, uh, 2003. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, true. But, it, <laughs> but uh, I'm listening to it. I'm not even focusing on the screen anymore. I don't even remember what happens because I'm just listening like, are we going to get to uh, girls walk to us, want to do us, screw us? <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't. Okay. But we did get uh, if the head right biggie there every night. Yeah. So, yeah, you can just tear that comics code off right there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I don't know if they even thought about that. It just probably not. So it, it immediately put me into question as to whether all the other sort of uh, rap or R and B esque songs in the film were picked but from a forty five year old white guy's iPod or not, right? Or even a Zune. Ooh, got him. Got it. Myself. Yeah. So back to Kingpin. That's for me pretty emblematic of the kind of thought thoughtlessness that went into assembling a lot of the film yeah um, I, I don't disagree he's the bad guy you know how like yeah. you need a good b- villain for a good bad guy yeah there's no villain in this except him and he's just there and he does does bad stuff and he he's actually got huh? and he shoots people and whatever and yeah. we know he's bad he's even got like you've set up a good motivation for him where we could actually kind of feel sympathy for him but yes. it's not really ever designed to do that no and also you've got multiple universes i thought it would be cool if he wants them so bad that he's going to turn this thing on and it's implied that it will destroy the multiverse or shake the city apart or something yes even though it's on for hours and hours and nothing ever seems to go wrong right and the whole thing is they kind of show up but then they're like no and they run away and that's like bell's part in the film yeah yeah. And he's like, oh, well, now I'm going to punch you, Spider-Man. Like, what if he brings over Vanessa and she's a supervillain Vanessa? It's like the queen pin or something like that. Yeah. And now yeah. he's got a problem. He's like, all right, Spider-Man, I need you to help me get rid of these people. You know, you right. were right. I shouldn't have done this. And yeah. No, that would have been more interesting. Punch him real hard. Yeah. Um, but first, touch him romantically on the shoulder <laughs> as a callback to that weird thing yeah, before. Yeah, I know. That's uh, and then tie him up for the police, and I guess you've avenged your uncle, even though... Do the police know that he shot your uncle? I don't know if they do. 
<laughs> I don't know that you can prove it. It even it happens so fast in the film. I'm like, wait, how did his uncle die again? Like, you know, it's just shot with a gun. I know. Yep. Yeah. Math, it, look, you can check that the equation works. It's like chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Chemistry 101. Stoichiometry. We're balancing equations. Yes. Right? Does this convert and line up with this? Mm-hmm. But the equation could be NaCl, <laughs> Na plus Cl, yeah. salt. Right. <laughs> a very boring equation. Or it could be an equation for nuclear fission. Yeah. Turning uranium into plutonium and like waste product. Right. It could be an exciting equation. Yes. This is complete as a film, but it is just very uninspiring, in my opinion. Yeah. And you give Miles his powers, and I know he doesn't know how to use them, and he doesn't even have web yes. shooters. Fine. Right. But we just go the entire. There isn't like he gets them, and then he's got to learn how to do them better. Like look at Batman Begins. Yeah. He goes. He's in a Chinese prison or something. <laughs> no, that's in the movie. Right. Starts. And we come back. He's wearing a ski mask and he's sticking a stapler to to james gordon's neck and right. give me the information and then he kind of stumbles as he leaves and then he realizes he needs more and he needs more until finally he can like right exactly do that, i guess nice coat <laughs> um and then he faces a greater challenge and so on and so forth this is just like he gets his powers he bounces around for an hour and 10 minutes yeah and then his after everything that happens and being seeing in action five other super spider people Yes. It's his dad's like, you can do it. And he's like, well, I can do it. Yeah, I know. And I then know. Beca- <laughs> his friends, those spider friends are all going to stop Kingpin. They may all die. We may all die. One of them will definitely die because yeah. it's established that you can't stay in this universe, I guess. And, you have to go back to your yes. own. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll spend two hours painting <laughs> a Spider-Man costume I to know. look like something that I want. It's my right. expression. Right. No expectations. And then he's going to take his time getting there by swinging and doing all these cool tricks that he was not confident he could do before, but now he can. But it looks great in the trailer, though. Oh, it does. It looks, it looks really awesome. Good in the trailer. Maybe it should have just been a music video to promote the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. Great expectations, make a great expectations. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you do know if or if you get it. You see. He is a young kid. Yes. And he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. Yes. So he's going to read Great Great Expectations. expectations. Yes. We can do better than that. Yeah. That's first draft, right? It's not even a draft. You don't think so? No, you think about it and you go, nah, not that. It's something else. (laughs) Um, I think you touched on this before, but I think Catherine Hahn did an exceptional job. She's like the second hand yeah in the villain scheme she is like she's and it's never <laughs> this is another problem that i have with the movie is that it sets things up and i guess i don't want you to explain incessantly you can't you don't have time to because you've already set up this idea once again you had an idea mm-hmm. maybe it's not going to work mm-hmm. and you should change it or abandon it but they have this idea that every time we meet a spider-man they're going to introduce themselves and so now right. we've eaten up 10 minutes of the movie with right I'm Spider-Man. I bet you're wondering how I got here. Right. So you don't really have time to do things like, this is who Alchemax is. I never really understand what Catherine Hahn does. Is she's like the head she's, scientist I at Alchemax? I think she's the head scientist, yes. Okay, and she came up with the multiversal theory. Yeah. And the spider, <laughs> the spider glitches too. So we can only assume that the spider comes from another universe, right? Yes. So some Alchemax in some other universe. Now, Alchemax as a company... 
originally comes from the 2099 universe, 2099 universe. Okay. So I think we're supposed to assume that it is That's a the universe spider from, yeah, from Miguel's uh, universe, who okay. we see in the post credit sequence. Yes. Uh, and so that tracks back, and I guess that would explain why he's monitoring the universes in the end credit sequence, but all that seems really important and maybe not just something that you throw in for a right meme at joke end. at the end. Yeah. It's the juggernaut bitch of the 2010s. Yes. Let's have Spider-Man pointing at each other. Yeah. Real, real funny. <laughs> I felt like the Lego movie. Yes. Or excuse me, Lego movie, but also Lego Batman mm-hmm. was a better exploration of the universe of the character of Batman. Yes. And his stories. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, the DC universe. And I felt like this was an attempt to do the same. Yes. Th- only Phil Lord doesn't know a lot about Spider-Man. Didn't grow up reading Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, it, it just seemed like we, you know, we spent all this time introducing all these characters, but we're not going to really dive deep into them, which I mean, I I guess you don't have to, but it just kind of seems like... You could do something. Yeah, it just kind of seems like the other spider people are kind of like an afterthought. Like, they're just kind of there. there, Yeah, they're all there to deliver specific jokes. So, why why pick... First of all, Spider-Man noir is a dumb idea, period. They wanted Nicolas Cage, I guess. Well, they wanted, like, something different, and he's, like, the Batman-type character. But the whole thing is he shoots and kills people, and this is a kid's movie, so he doesn't shoot and kill anybody. No. (laughs) So he can make a joke about being gritty, and he does nothing gritty. Yes. You bring in the anime character of Penny Parker. Yes. Who... The whole Spider-Ham's whole bit is that he's a cartoon character and everybody comments on it. She's an she's from an anime. She's an I, anime character. Is she not animated like an anime character? She is. She totally is. But nobody is. says a word about it. Yeah, I know. And then you bring Spider-Ham in who has a long, long history. Like his comic book ran for a long time. He has a whole backstory and stuff and he's just there to give jokes that that John Mulaney would throw out wouldn't even put in his act he'd be like i'd work on that a little bit if i was me and i am me (laughs) yeah so it's just it's just it's lazy for all the work that they put into the just the amazing visuals and just the design of everything and then this well again this is my thing every week we talk about like the script is like the first part and technically i know it's not easy to write a script but it is like the least labor-intensive part. Yeah. You just put a guy in a room for six six months and he walks out with a script. Right. Whereas you've got people compiling and rendering for two years to make yes. something. And it's just like, why not start with a good script? I know. Apparently they did an assembly cut. And this is how Lord and Miller make a lot of films. This is why they got fired from Star, Star Wars. Okay. Um, the original cut was like two or two and a half hours long. Okay. Because they just record a lot. They kind of storyboard a lot, and then I'm sure they previs a lot, and they put it all together. And now I'm kind of wondering. Actually, I'm not wondering. I always like their films, but I always uh, wonder about the sort of structure and pacing of their films. Sure. For as much as I like Lego Batman, I think we've talked before about how Lego Batman has two moments where the hero has sort of premature enlightenment. You know, you get this thing where it's like, there's a problem. Okay, well, I think I know what the problem is. And you try a solution, you go, I did it. And then it fails, and you go... To the belly of the beast, you know, you realize that you don't know what you're doing. Right. You got to come back from there. Right. And there are two moments like that in Lego Batman. He gets his team together. Yes. And he's like, 
I can do this. And they're like, okay. And then he does it and it doesn't work. And he learns the value of like teamwork and working together. Right. And then the movie goes on for another 10, 15 minutes. And they reach another point where he goes, all right, now I'm going to lock you all in the bat jet and, 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 and kidnap you and fly you away so I can do this alone. Right. Only to fail again and then learn the lesson that we all need to like work, work together. together. Yeah. And it just seems like, well, we had a really good set piece. And so we wanted to put that in the middle and we'll just do the thing twice. Yeah. it's not necessary to do it twice no like the pacing in this is just you know stuff happens i I liked when he and uh uh, peter b parker right who is should just be peter parker because he's the real peter parker right he's from our universe quote unquote 616 i like the alchemax infiltration scene for the most part i like his (laughs) i like his attitude in general because he's just kind of like i get it he's like okay I got the password. I know right. that, like, you know, whenever a villain enters a password, you know, you got to look at their password. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, now he's going to say, like, oh, we have to do this right away. And like, right. Yeah. You so have 24 hours. I like how he's yeah. just kind of over it. Yeah. Which are, that's what our Spider-Man should be. I guess I haven't, um, I read uh, Superior Spider-Man, but I'm still kind of confused about how old Peter Parker is supposed to be. Okay. Because they use the one more day to wipe out his marriage with Mary Jane. But they kind of also just de-aged him, too. Because Peter Parker should be, like, 40 yeah. by now. Yeah. But in the comics, he's still in his mid-20s somehow, and he's dating other women and stuff like that. Right. So I like that this was sort of, what if we just let things run? You get a yeah. Peter Parker that's a little, little gray in the temples, and, you know, he's... He's got a gut. He's divorced. And, yeah. yeah. And gut. I mean, he's not, you know, gymnast thin like Spider-Man. He just looks right. like, you know, kind of average. Right. You can see abs. You can see abs. <laughs> But anyway, I like the fact that he was kind of fed up with a lot of it, but I didn't like the fact that his whole thing is like, yeah, I'm not going to help you. No. That's the point of (laughs) Spider-Man! One time he didn't help somebody. Yeah. And look what happened. Yeah. So I don't don't care. I, I get that he gets distraught. He really wanted to finish that pizza. Right. He's sad about his divorce. Yes. But if you're so good... Why wouldn't you just be like, all right, let me just wrap this up so I can just get home. Like, it's just another thing I have to do. Right, right. But he wouldn't just be like, no, no, I'm not going to help you. Sorry. I know. What? I know. But we need the movie to be two hours long. (sighs) And my thing is, just find another complication. Right, right. And I think that would be easy enough to do. I mean, maybe give Kingpin something more to do. Um, To make (laughs) him more of a, a menacing villain. Yeah. I liked... Uh, Maharshal Ali as uh, Prowler. I'm glad they had that in there. It's a big part of uh, Miles's kind of origin story, if you will. Sure. So it's important that it's all there. But if you cut him, it wouldn't make any difference in the film. Yeah. You've got the connection to like he helps him graffiti or whatever. Yes. But he's killed as an afterthought by Kingpin. Miles wants to save the universe anyway. It's not like he yes. needs the extra oomph of you killed my uncle. Plus, he doesn't really visit any extra vengeance on him or even mention that to the cops at the end so if you just lifted that out of the film you would not even notice that it was gone no you're right they have that moment where like all the spider people are like yeah we've all lost somebody yeah and he gets the reveal where he goes to his uncle's apartment for some reason i guess to get he was writing him a note like he reassurance because he trusts his uncle yeah and so we have a little chase scene there and then he sees that his uncle is the guy but again if that was cut 
it doesn't matter that he knows whether it's him or not. Like yeah. none of that really needs to be in the film. It should be in the film, but it doesn't have to be in the film. Right. And that's not good. You need all your scenes to to, to need to be to in there. Matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um Catherine Hahn, Doc Ock solo movie. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh she was very menacing, I thought. Um and uh her arms were um, they, I mean, they looked like vacuum hose cleaners. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what was going on. Like, they seemed like they were biological, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of all the different um, versions of Doc Ock and if there's one that fits that. And even, I'm not really sure about the ultimate Doc Ock. Okay. I didn't read a lot of Ultimate Spidey. But I know that there's never been a character like this, that she's kind of an invention for the film. Uh, there has been a female Dr. Octopus before okay. in 616, but not essentially just a mirror version of of him doc of Ock. Doc that's Ock, yeah. a kind of crunchy granola hippie right uh so i don't know i mean i don't like it when they change comics to fit movies but i wouldn't mind if that character somehow found her way into the marvel universe yeah that'd be awesome um i uh i wish they'd given spider gwen more to do um and they like what do you mean? The female hero has to be the no-nonsense one that goes, come on, guys, we got to do the thing. What? Stop having fun. Like Gamora? Like, like any character keep ever. this on track. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think you even said this, like, Miles, like, his hands are super sticky, and so he, like, gets his hand stuck in her hair, and that's how she gets her cool, asymmetrical haircut. She could just have a cool haircut? I know. I know. Like, just, why did we need that scene? Yeah, why is there... Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I and, didn't... and it's all ostensibly about him. So, okay, so now we can talk about the sort of particulars that I promised before. Um, the movie's making... made $35 million. Okay. Might make a little more um, today, on Sunday when we're recording this. Sure. So probably around $40 million, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty good. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a record for the, for the uh, animated uh, movies in December. Okay. And it'll go on to make more. Yeah. Uh, and so they've already greenlit a sequel and a um, Spider Gwen, a sense Spider Gwen spinoff film that we now know will feature Silk and Spider Woman as well. Okay. And will probably follow up on the um, romance between Miles and Gwen. Okay. Which they're, I guess they're setting that up they're here. They're hinting at it, yeah. But you go through all this stuff about him trying to want to talk to girls. And he doesn't, and I don't think he should. I think that the whole sexual reward thing, we need to get away from that. Yeah. But it seems like it's leading up to him finding the confidence to be Spider-Man, to fight back, and also to be like, hey, you know, with a girl. But instead, it's just a setup for him to cold cock Kingpin at the end. Which is bizarre. Yeah, we spend a lot of time meet-cuting them. Yeah. And then they don't become a couple. Yeah, I know. There's not really even a promise of it. There's a little thing no. between them before she leaves where it's like, all right, well. Uh, friends. Good and they job. Like shake hands. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I wish they would given her more to do. Um, I just don't think she has a lot to do. And then you mentioned this as well. Like she's at like the scientific place i can't remember what it's called alchemax alchemax she's there and she's got a lab coat on i guess why she was infiltrating i guess them i mean because she shows up in her costume like several minutes later but it's like what is she doing there 
Does she have an internship there? Does she, you know, does she work there? Is this her after school job? I think it's a call back to the Emma Stone Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Because she works at Oscorp or whatever. And there are a lot of things in here that are like that. Easter eggs that are there in that sort of you know condiment king you know kind of way you know like in right. the lego batman film like yeah, i remember this or he's got the bat shark repellent or something it's right. it doesn't have any connection to anything it's just a reference right so we see like when spider-man um blonde spider-man which yeah if you've got a skinny young spider-man and a crow's feet gut spider-man yeah i can tell them apart you don't have to make right. him blonde right. a blonde spider-man is a very specific thing in the comics uh-huh now, you're not doing the clone saga you're right. doing spider verse or Geddon or whatever right but anyway we see him case somebody upside down thank god that's still in the cultural thing <laughs> and he's stopping a train and he's right. doing the toby Maguire dance yes again here's your opportunity to just have toby Maguire in the film yeah they didn't do that, though. So those are all just references, I think. And so I think that the Emma Stone thing, I think that's a reference to that. Well, and the the young Spider-Man at the beginning is voiced by Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. So He sings the Christmas song, too. Does he really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I just it's it's just this kind of weight of references that have nothing to do with anything or are not really like integrated well, mm-hmm. like the, I'm pointing at you, I'm pointing at you. Right. It goes on for so long. It it wasn't that funny. The meme think. is one one shot. One picture. One panel. And it just, yeah, anyway. It <laughs> I'm just disp- it's, it's just like we've got a quota of sort of gags to put in. Mm-hmm. And they're just visual gags and they don't really I don't know. I don't know. I just I I wish that the story was stronger um and better and that that like the uh, that all the spider people from the different spider verses like had something unique that only they could bring to the table. Yeah, and they just chose them for a sort of diversity of visual styles. You got yeah. a black and white guy, an anime girl, and a cartoon pig. Yep. So that's why they chose them. Mm-hmm. And my thing also is like over the end credits sequence. There's this. What is to me the apotheosis of these animated sequences that we get now at the end of during title uh, sequences um, like Suicide Squad. Hey, remember all that stuff from before? Here's the kaleidoscope of guns because Joker. Kaleidoscope of hearts because Harley. Right. This is like the ultimate. All right. Shut it down. Shut it all down thing where you just have this weird kaleidoscopic pop art thing. With like a million Spider-Men having a party and they're trying to eat each other and they're jumping ditches in the uh, spider wagon. Yeah. And I both was just, it it reviled me. Like I was just aghast. But at the same time, I was like, well, this should have been the movie. You picked six Spider-Men and that's it. Yeah. There, there's UK punk Spider-Man, there's robot, there's Indian Spider-Man, there's so many Spider-Men. Sure. Why not just have something at the end where they turn the machine up a notch and they've all got a, suddenly there's hundreds of Spider-Men and sure. you could use, just use every idea. It's like in the Lego Batman movie how like, Condiment King for, for crap's sake. Like, yeah, I know. Why not take the potential of this and just go all the way with it? Sure. And if you say you're saving it for the sequel, you know my rule. Don't save anything for the sequel. Why would you? Because you don't know if you're going to get one. And you're going to have people like me going, Spider-Verse. 
Right. Spider sex. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, and then it's like, why didn't like six different Vanessas and Richards come through or something like that? Like, what was the problem with? Because they didn't care about that. I they guess. didn't write that. They were like, so what does he do it for? Uh, his wife's dead. Okay, great. And they never thought anything about Here's that. Here's another question for you. Are they the only individuals who come through from other universes? They stick a their a hair in there. They have their DNA or whatever. They oh, show that happening. Okay. But my thing is like as soon as and when it's never explained how the machine works or what is going on at the end, I think that to me it is just supposed they're supposed to be showing off their visuals. But it didn't really impress me. I thought they could have done more because it just turns into a big swirl of color and yeah. it, it seemed like the animated movie version of the CGI FS that these <laughs> mediocre superhero movies always turn into. Right. There's always a laser going into the sky mm-hmm. and then Cara Delevingne is going, she's right. around and there's guys jumping out and throwing. It's chaotic and nobody knows what's going on. And that's just kind of what it felt like to me. But yeah. since all the Spider-Men are in there, that should attract more Spider-Men, right? Just like putting Vanessa's hair in there brings Vanessa out. Yeah. And can I ask a question? Yes. So you're saying that Spider-Gwen has the same DNA as Peter Parker? The DNA thing doesn't even work. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't even make any sense. No. Uh-uh. Why would Nicolas Cage, a Japanese girl, and a pig all be drawn to... Yeah. Having Peter Parker stick his hand in this thing. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. The whole point of the multiverse thing is that there is a, they call it the web of life and destiny or whatever. And there is this, (laughs) it's taking the worst parts of Straczynski's run, the idea that there's a magical totemic power to Spider-Man's thing. And it's not just a kid got bit by a spider in a story written in the beginning of the Atomic Age. Right. But they're all mystically kind of connected or on some sort of level of reality. And so they have a connection to each other. And they're like, well, we've got this Vanessa thing. Well, she puts their hair in there. And so it comes out. (laughs) Doesn't even. I want to start thinking about it because it's. Because you're getting more angry. Yeah. The cracks are showing up. Okay. All right. Well, um, any uh, spoiler conclusion that you can come to? Um, uh, I just wish that they had to like all fight together to get rid of Kingpin or something like that. Instead, it's like, we got to send you guys all back to your different universes and this is the order we're going to do it in. Yeah. Shouldn't it be there's six of us? Let's yes. just house the Ursat's sinister six that they've got. Yeah. And uh, then once it's all over, we'll just we'll go back. draw straws for who puts the goober in or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that would have been more interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Stanley cameo got me. Yeah, got me pretty good. That was pretty good, um, and it was kind of sad for sure. There's a quote at the end yes. by Stan about how the, like the nature of heroism, which I think is funny because it's basically, you know, when somebody does what they know is right, you know, not because they have a choice or yeah. because they're going to get a reward, because they they do know it's the right thing to do. Like they're that's what a hero is. Yes. And that's not what Spider-Man is when he starts off. No. And it technically isn't what he is... At the end of the film. ...when he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Because at first he doesn't stop the burglar because he's like, who cares? Right. Then the burglar kills Ben and yes. now he's kind of doing it 
specifically because he's afraid that <laughs> if you know, he doesn't do anything i'm not saying it's not a right reason but it do, it's not a reason that actually sort of fits stanley's idea of a hero what he says a real hero is right it, it's we've been watching the good place recently and it reminds me of the thing on the good place where it's like well if you know about the good place then none of your good deeds count anymore right because you're specifically doing them to get, to into, the get good place, into the good place which is like well, what's christianity well yeah but commentary uh but so it doesn't mean that i don't like spider-man he's not a good hero i kind of like the fact that he already missed his chance to be a good person or the best person and now he's just trying to catch up Mm -hmm. because it is not fun to be spider-man right that's the point yes (laughs) there's great responsibility yeah, yeah their little device of like okay here's the deal i bet you're wondering how i got here doing that over and over again codifies and makes mundane the tragedies in their lives so much that by the time Miles has his own tragedy, they spend yeah. two seconds with him getting coming to terms with it. And they're like, that's just what happens. Yeah. You're a Spider-Man's now. Yeah, I know. We all have somebody who died. Yeah, Let's I know. Let's go. I know. It's like, that's not how tragedy works. No, it's not. And we don't get a chance to sit with it or really, you know, rectify his uncle's death or... You know, take vengeance. Well, or... he does because he, I guess, hits on Kingpin. I guess, and then hits Kingpin. Yeah. <sighs> Scripts, yeah. man. Yep. Scripts. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good start. Yeah. I didn't love the first Avenger, and Winter Soldier was great. So yeah, I know. I hope that this will lead to, to better things, uh, more considered. But how often do sequels get better written as as you go? Not very often. Not very often. I think that. The Spider-Gwen movie has potential, even though I just wish that Spider-Gwen would just get her own adventures, you know, and not have to yeah. pull, because Cindy Moon and, and uh, what's her name, uh, Jessica Drew, are, they're from another universe. Yeah. Just let her be in her own universe for a while. Right. You know, the Sp- Spider-Gwen comic is is fun, because it's a nice kind of, <laughs> I can't figure out, I can't remember if Miles calls 616. The karaoke universe, or or uh, it's the other way around, but it's just a fun remix. And although I don't think that um, Jason Latour is the best scripter ever, he is. He and Robbie Rodriguez both are amazingly creative in taking elements that already exist mm-hmm. and remixing them. Yeah, you know? having different genders and different like looks for all the heroes and. Not just going, ah, oh, it's, you know, she fell on some ice. It's like Abby. coming up with like a whole new origin story for yeah. them that still feels like it comes from a Marvel comic book. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's really impressive. Yeah. Having Matt Murdock be a bad guy. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I know. That's not a pitch that I would have bid on. But no. If you read that, uh, the Radioactive Spider Gwen, yeah. like, we really get into that. Yeah, we do. So, yeah. Um, if they draw on that. There will be a limited cast because it'll just be Cindy, Jessica, and Gwen, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Miles on the side. Right. Uh, boys on the side. <laughs> uh, and uh, Spider-Girls are doing it for themselves. Yeah. I want to see awesome. that. Yeah. But in the meantime, into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. We're going to only go halfway into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> We're just going to dip our toes in. And wait for some more. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Come on. Ha. Sicker than your Ha!
I'ma twist cabbage off instinct. Niggas don't think this shit stink. Pink gators, my Detroit players. Tim's for my hooligans. Well, that's it. You know, you don't have to agree with us. Um, in fact, I, I prefer if you don't because it means you're happier. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those are just our thoughts. Uh, but we welcome yours. And you can always bring them to us on social media. And I would never ridicule anybody for what they thought about anything. You know, I'm, I want to hear everybody's ideas about stuff. Absolutely. As long as we're respectful. We're respectful. Yes. So bring it on. So find us on Just Enough Trope uh, on those Facebooks and those Twitters and all those places. You can find that. Uh, also, you can find us on the listening platform of your choice. It's probably going to be like an Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. or a Google Podcasts or a Stitcher or somewhere like that. You could find us by searching for Just Enough Trope. Do that. Once you do, it's kind of like different universes. There's the Apple Podcasts universe. Sure. There's the Stitcher universe. Uh-huh. There's the Cast FM universe. All right. There's the Podbay universe. Uh-huh. What's the real broke ass one? Oh boy. I don't I don't I got to got to get my pod catching universes <laughs> straight. Which one's the most cartoony? Um iTunes cuz it sounds like tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she she sandbagged us. She held on to it, but she brought it at the end. Yes, clearly. Uh, you can find us on any of those platforms. Subscribe to the show when you do. That's how you know the show is ready. I mean, it's every Sunday mm-hmm. or Monday morning, I guess. But uh, it'll come to you immediately when it's ready. The best way to do that, give us a review as well. Be honest with us. Let us know how you think that we're doing because we want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And uh, give us a rating at yeah. the very least because, wow. That's just how those powers that be know that we're doing a good job and we can move up in the ranks. So give us five hairs that you got from where exactly? Is this a Star Trek thing? Is it from her hairbrush? I'm guessing it's her hairbrush. Immediately after they died, Kingpin was like, quickly, get the the team to collect the DNA from the apartment. (laughs) Has... Fine, fine take on Kingpin. Leave Schreiber doing Kingpin. Uh-huh. But Leave Schreiber could probably do a, I'm, I'm a more dangerous person. I'm a more dangerous person? Yes. No. <laughs> That's D'Onofrio's got the, the, uh, the, the trachea locked down on that one. Yes. Uh, yes, he But does. instead he's like, yeah, from New York, right? I'm the Kingpin. Right. Like, okay. So I guess that's a way to do it. I haven't really heard that before, but uh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. How did, did he know? Did he automatically have? No, he eventually contacted this lady who did this thing about like, oh, I can do the multiverse. I'm riding my bike, right? And then he's like, okay, what do I need? DNA? Okay, it's been months. Yes. Right. Yes. So how did how did he get the DNA? I'm guessing her brush was still around, so he dug he, them up. Didn't yeah. He? Oh my goodness! I think he dug them up. Oh my goodness! That'd also, be terrible. DNA doesn't. A strand of hair does not have DNA in it. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. <laughs> Forget about that cockamamie theory. Give okay. us five stars instead, or five visiting spider people. <laughs> we appreciate it. We'll be back next week for James Wan's Aqua Dude. Yes. The Aqua Guy. Yeah. The Water Boy. The Aquaman. The Water Boy. We'll be back. We'll be talking about that. And um, how do you feel? Uh, I, I'm feeling good. I feel strong. I, I, I'm hoping it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, and, uh. I don't think we're going to worry about powers and responsibility. Or was it like, with great ability comes great responsibility? Or right. How did his dad butcher that? In the right. Movie? Uh, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Although he'll have to, you know, be a king. 
Right. But they'll do the same story. They just won't hit you in the face with it every five minutes. Right. They'll just be, I'm a slacker. I like drinking Jack Daniels and <laughs> jumping into the water. Right. And they'll be like, I got to be a king. He's like, yeah, I'm a big king. <laughs> and they win. So right. <laughs> we'll do our review again, I guess, yes. of Aquaman when we see you next week. Till then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me.